This is the Only One Shot Golf Podcast. I'm your host, Jim Gallagher Jr. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Special thanks to Steve Azar for allowing us to use his music. You can find Steve on steveazar.com. This is season three, and today I have the great Archie Manning on the podcast. Grew up in a small town of Drew, Mississippi, in the Mississippi Delta. Went on to All Miss to have some great seasons there. Met his wife, Olivia. And then went to the NFL, where he played with the New Orleans Saints for many, many years. 15-year career in the NFL. And, of course, is the father of Cooper, Peyton, and Eli Manning. Both Eli and Peyton played in the NFL, Super Bowl champs. And uh, so it'll be great to hear his story. Look forward to uh, spending some time with him. And let's get uh, Archie on the phone. All right, it's my pleasure today to have the great Archie Manning on the podcast. Archie, thanks for spending some time with me today. Jim, it's my pleasure. Glad to be with you. Well, uh, I live in the Mississippi Delta, and you grew up in the Mississippi Delta. Drew, Mississippi, about 2,500 people. What was it like growing up in a small town, especially as many sports as you love to play? It was great. I, I wouldn't swap it for anything. I, uh, Unfortunately, as you know, uh, a lot of the little towns in the Delta uh, aren't like they used to be and really struggle. But my little hometown of Drew, you mentioned uh, probably at full capacity, 2,500. Um, it was uh, it was like Mayberry. Mm. It, was, it was just wonderful. Uh, stores on Main Street, uh, active and vibrant. And, of course, it was a farming community. Um, my dad, we lived in town. My dad was in the farm machinery business, Case Farm Machinery, but he had two brothers that lived out in the country, as we said, Mm -hmm. and they were farmers. So I spent a lot of time, um, you know, I was around farming because my dad uh, worked for him some in in some summers, part-time between sports. He didn't make me miss sports to work, but, you know, your your spare time, you do some things. But also, uh, sometimes when uh, maybe a buddy of mine, we needed to make some money, uh, we could go out to my Uncle Peyton, my Uncle Andy's place, and chop cotton or do uh, farm deeds and, and make a little money. And go, I think they overpaid us, too. So, But it, <laughs> that was good. <laughs> I, it, it was good experience. It, it was, but to ask, your, to ask your question, it was a wonderful little town with unbelievably nice people. Yeah, unbelievably nice people. It's, I always tell people, because I grew up in Indiana when I moved down here, it's been over 30 years, and I said, you know, Mississippi's a way of life. And Louisiana's a lot like that, where you live in New Orleans now. But, you know, you mentioned small town, in small towns like Greenwood and Drew and all that, you don't have a lot of kids, so they play all the different sports. Um, yeah, we played. We, played. we didn't have a four sports in our, um, in our high school program. And it was a bunch of us that played all four of them, and you just went from season to season. Of course, in summer, in the summer, we played baseball all summer. Start with with little league, and then advanced into into Babe Ruth. Now, it was small, so you weren't you weren't playing within the town. You play in other towns. Mm-hmm. You know, I we I played um, like in baseball. You know, we played we played over in Cleveland. We played Leland. We played. It uh it'll be we went to West Tallahatchie and of course the the schools um I had forty eight in my graduating class. Wow. And um my senior year in football we wound up with eighteen. Holy uh, moly. Didn't have enough to practice. Our coaches would dress out with us to practice practice <laughs> I really had fun through the years when I got into pro ball and you know, a lot of times you just sit around talking and, and with with teammates who played in these humongous high schools, you know, 
and had graduating classes of six or seven hundred people. They can't believe the stories that um, that I would tell about how how small it was, and uh, it wasn't a very big program. But uh, I, I wouldn't swap it for anything. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, I, I look back at it, you think of the great football players: Jerry Rice, Brett Favre, yourself, Marcus Dupree, baseball players in these small towns. Uh, in Mississippi, and and you get all the way to the top, you know, the NFL, the NBA, right? all these different things. It's just amazing to see. Uh, but I think it's a culture thing with the kids getting out there, they're playing, they're 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 spending time, they're staying out of trouble. Uh, but you love baseball and football. You were drafted for uh, yeah for the major leagues four different times. Uh, what was your true love? Was it football or, or baseball? Obviously, you chose football. Well, at first it was baseball. Okay. At first it was baseball because we just played so much, and you know. We played our little organized league and where we'd go to practice at uh, maybe 4 o'clock in the afternoon or have games two, three times a week. But but all day long in the summer, we'd play, we'd play baseball. Mm-hmm. And b- behind my house was a big, big lot. Sometimes they planted cotton there, but a few years they didn't. And um, it, we, we made our own baseball field. I wow. mean, we, we dug our little dugouts and put bases out. And had, we had a fence one, one year, the year back in the – 60s when Roger Maris broke Babe Ruth's record and hit uh, 61 home runs. Uh, I had a buddy Jerry Knox. He hit 62 home runs that summer. We kept up with him in our in our little base, baseball field. So baseball was really our first love. And I um, I went out for high school baseball in the seventh grade, and I was kind of the backup second baseman. And all of a sudden, the second baseman got hurt before the first game, so I played the whole year at second base. Wow. And lettered six years in, in, in high school baseball. So loved it, just loved it. Uh, uh, then, of course, played basketball, played football, um, got drafted uh, in baseball out of um, the Atlanta Braves drafted in my senior year. But I'd already signed with Ole Miss. I, I wasn't heavily recruited, Jim. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, was, I wasn't very big. I was skinny. And we didn't have a great program. So I had three offers. I had three offers, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and Tulane. And I'd already committed. I wanted to go to Ole Miss. I loved Johnny Vaughn. I loved Ole Miss Rebels, just following them. You know, I didn't get to go to games, mm-hmm. although I didn't live very far away. But I followed them mostly through the radio. And um, I, I wanted to go. But then I got drafted that spring by the Braves. And there was some some people there, Drew, you know, coffee-drinking buddies of my dad <laughs> who said, oh, you got to do that. You got to go. My dad, you know, my dad said, no way. You're going to school. Mm-hmm. You're going to school. So uh, that, that wasn't an option. Yeah, that had to be a tough decision because you love to play both. It's kind of honoring to, to get drafted, but you're not going to make any money early on. Uh, and your dad was well, the money, the money wasn't been. And I wasn't drafted that high, but I was drafted. And the Braves were kind of new at that time and mm-hmm. that was uh that was pretty big stuff there in, in mississippi but no it was uh like i said my dad didn't even that wasn't even, I, I was going to Ole miss and so it, it worked out good now when i got to Ole miss uh coach Paul wouldn't let me play baseball after my freshman year but because uh, he wanted me to gain some weight and go mm-hmm. through spring training and uh, that worked out. Um, I, I wanted to start a job, and Coach Vaughn had never had a sophomore quarterback before, starting quarterback. But then the next year, after my sophomore year, he let me play baseball in the spring. And so I played uh, after in the spring of my sophomore year and junior year and um, loved playing uh, college baseball. Just absolutely had the 
had the best time doing that and uh, played with so many good guys. And we had good teams. We had a long mm-hmm. a coach at Ole Miss, Coach Tom Swayze, that was there for you know twenty or thirty years. We had good. We we went to the World Series uh, uh, one year, so it was it was a fun. Uh, Fun thing. How were you able to balance football, baseball, school, and all those other things? That's a that's a tough thing. That's yeah, like it, the... it was uh, fo- football. Football is not a problem with school mm-hmm. because you, you can line up your classes, and you know you need to be you need to be through by two o'clock, two thirty, which is not hard. You can take your classes and you go to practice, and you know you're not gone. Uh, you don't miss class because even for an away game, you don't you don't leave till Friday. So. Football wasn't a problem, but baseball. Uh, when you you go on a road trip, you are missing some classes, mm-hmm. and so um, you really had to kind of they provide tutoring for you, Excuse me, Jim. And um, and and I had to take advantage of that. Get my classes in in the morning, and uh, um, I'd have to go to foot uh, spring football practice. Now, he let me play baseball, mm-hmm. but he didn't let me miss spring practice, so. <laughs> Uh, we had an early spring, and that, that that was a good thing. So I would cram those classes in. I'd <clears throat> run over the baseball field and get me a uh, some batting, batting practice and the infield, and then go to football practice. So I was, uh, you know, I was busy in those days. How? What? You know, you've got kids today that I mean, a lot of times they specialize. But say, say you've got a kid that plays like you did, baseball and football. What advice do you have for parents or kids? You know, early on, play all the sports. Do they specialize at some point? I mean, I, I think yeah, I, I specialize in young is. I just don't approve. Now, you you know this, especially in 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 your sport and profession. You get a young guy that's just a little prodigy when he's eleven or twelve years old. I, I understand it, but uh, I, I just think when they're um, Coming along, I think you play as many sports as, as you as you as you can, and then see, see what you like. I just don't don't really believe that. Uh, you know, say, oh, he's just gonna just gonna play baseball. You know, and I, I think try basketball, try football. Mm-hmm. You know, at the young age, and see what works. I, and I, I read a thing where coaches, I saw where college coaches even said. We really like the athletes that play multiple sports. Uh, it's something about that that that, that they like. So uh, I don't really believe in the specialization, unless, unless you're just someone who's just a little prodigy that's really, really good, like golf or tennis at a young right, age. Right, because I remember the Vandy baseball coach said the same thing. He looks for athletes, and he wants them to play other sports. I think it's, it's good for your development. It's good for everything. And I, I told a kid one time he was really good at football, but he loved golf. And I was like, well, I, w- I would uh-huh. play the one you loved. I would play the one you loved. I mean, I know, you know, if you, not necessarily the one you're best at, but the one you love. Because in the long run, it's about having fun. Unless we do like we did and went on to professional playing. But that's still supposed to be fun because it's technically a game. But when you look at what you accomplished at Ole Miss, what are you most proud of in your college career? Or just college in general? Well, I love the experience of playing at Ole Miss. We playing football. We had we had I played for Johnny Vault. I was on his last teams up there after he was he was there twenty four years. Hall of Fame coach. Um we had we had good teams. Uh we didn't win a championship, but we, we had really good teams. We played in big games. Um I always told my boys that you kinda live to play in big games 
and and, and we played a lot of big games. Um, in those days, Jim, t- TV wasn't as big a deal. We didn't play on TV very much. So when you got a chance to play uh, Alabama on national TV, that was, that was huge. I mean, really huge. Now, of course, every game's on TV. But um, play LSU on regional TV. I mean, you kind of really gear up for that. So I, I just thoroughly enjoyed the whole trip playing football. Um, the, the teammates and friends that I made during those years uh, are still with me today. I still got this. Just a, we back in those days we played freshman football, and uh, so you couldn't you couldn't play as a ninth grader. So we had a freshman team, and uh, we started out with sixty four players, counting walk ons. We wound up with thirty. Wow! So it was a pretty tough. It was a pretty tough year. I mean, you didn't play but four games. There was a lot of time in between games. We had a tough freshman coach named Wawel Davidson, and I think a big part of his job description was run half the freshmen off. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't get that many players, and I don't mean run them off from school. Some left school, right. but some did didn't stay out, didn't stay out for football. So we wound up with thirty. But we've lost about eight of them, but uh, it's about 22 of those guys. We still have a thread today where we text back and forth, and we have a little reunion. We meet up at an Ole Miss game and tailgate sometimes. So um, I cherish that. And um, we mentioned baseball, uh, same deal. Those baseball players, I was you know, I was a football guy that came over and played baseball. They were so good to mm-hmm. me. They were anyway, – I. I'd get a little more attention maybe than they did when we'd go play at LSU or play at Alabama because of football. But they they was they were so good to me. And then I just thoroughly enjoyed going to school at Ole Miss. You know, back in those days we didn't have about six eight thousand students, and so you kind of know everybody and uh, the, the the atmosphere there in, in Oxford, Mississippi. Uh, I just uh, I loved the whole trip. I got a good education. And then I probably should say the primary, most important thing. <laughs> um, I met my uh, met my wife Olivia there. We'll be we'll be married fifty years next Thursday. That's so, awesome. Uh, that, that, that 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 was paramount. Yeah, I just wrote that down, Olivia. I knew you were gonna. You must have my script in front of you because you've answered all my questions before I've even done this. <laughs> but when you when, when you look back, we'll get into your pro career. But when you look back at the game now in the college level, I mean the the spread offenses, the more passing than there is running. Uh, that has really changed the game. Of course, you mentioned TV, and I think for recruiting, I think, like you said, the Alabamas, the Notre Dames, the whoever, the Michigans, the Ohio's, they had an advantage because they were on TV. But now everybody's on TV, and I think that's why you're seeing so many uh, teams everywhere. But the game has really changed a lot, and I don't know if it's for the good or not, but uh, you know, what when you look at quarterbacks today, what makes an elite quarterback an elite quarterback, or even in your day? It's come, um, I think it's kind of, the mobility has, um, is, is really a factor now. You know, it, it, for a while there, that, it, you, a lot of times, you know, half your quarterbacks ran pretty good, but primary thing was throwing. And, you know, if, if, if a certain player said, oh, he's going to be a good pro quarterback, that really meant that he was a p- good pocket passer. Um, that, that's kind of changed uh, with the spread, the read option. Uh, you know, you go back uh, a few years ago, Cam Newton at um, 
at Auburn, uh, Johnny Manziel at Texas A&M, all, all over the place. And now it's um, more, you don't see that many just true pocket passers. It can still happen. It can still happen. And you can still be good, and you can still make it to the pros. Uh, you know, we're going to have, a, you got Tom Brady versus Drew Brees. They're pocket passers. But uh, it's still, it's still, uh, that's, 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 that's kind of a little different now. Most mobility is is a big thing with with quarterbacks. And then, Jim, the way they spread the field now, you I almost feel sorry a lot of times for the defensive coordinators. It mm. is virtually impossible to cover everybody. Yeah. Um, football can get a little too complicated with multiple coverages and blah blah. But four defensive backs trying to out there be out there trying to cover five and six receivers that are, that are coming out, talented uh, guys like you saw on, in Alabama's arsenal the, the other night. It's just impossible. So that's why uh, you get more scoring, high-scoring games, uh, quarterbacks throwing for 400 yards, 500 yards, because the way the game is, uh, the way everyone is spread out, it's just it's tough on the defense. These yeah, days. and the receivers are 6'5 and 6'7. I mean, they're huge, and you got to – Six, they can fly. Yeah, they can, can fly. fly. Exactly. Yeah. The game's so fast. But, you know, like in golf, you've got natural golf swings like a Bubba Watson and, and guys like that. In football, say you've got a guy and they're always, oh, he's a natural versus mechanics. Is there a different way of teaching or coaching those players? Or do you let the natural player be himself? Because there is technique to being a quarterback in throwing. But uh, in golf, you're always cautious with that natural player. You don't give them too much information. What would you say, maybe in being a quarterback, natural versus mechanical? Yeah, I, I think you, you you kind of with the quarterback, you kind of let their natural ability flow. What what you try to do is is uh, kind of ring them in a little bit on on the uh, cerebral part of the game to make good decisions there in the passing game. To, that you know sometimes in high school, most of it is exceptional athlete. You can kind of get by just just look at a receiver and he's not open. Maybe look at a no one, probably not. Just tuck it and run. But uh, you, you can't do that in college. You certainly can't do that in the pros. You've got to be able to uh, read 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 the coverage back there. Find your primary receiver. If he's not covered. Go to your secondary guy. Maybe even a third guy if you've got time before you tuck it and run. So I, I think that's the main thing with college offensive coaches. Is to take these young quarterbacks and um, spend time with them. Most of it's in the film room. Sometimes, it, and of course, on the practice field, to be able to uh, read the complex defenses that are out there and make good decisions. Um, uh, turnovers will always get you beat. So I think that's what a quarterback. That's what a quarterback uh, needs to work on the most is. Um, where to be safe with the football. Don't turn it over to the other team. Guard the football when you are running. Don't fumble it. And uh, that that part of the game hadn't changed. Well, the speed of the game, especially in the pro level, and we'll get to that, you get drafted. I was watching one of Peyton's places, and I've enjoyed those shows. Of course, I love the book of Manning. Uh, and it's just been so much fun to watch it because I think you and – and the other way, you've raised your boys and, and, and just did it right. And it's just been really cool to watch those shows. But you were drafted by the Saints, but you almost were a Green Bay Packer. Did I hear that right? Is that a possibility when when the draft came up? Well, when one sometimes this, this happens. And it just happened to be a year uh, before trading deadline that there was some there were just some some quarterbacks out there that the teams weren't totally happy with. And all of a sudden, 
uh, the, uh, the few days before trade deadline, which I think in those days was probably about the sixth game of the year. We didn't play but 14 games in, in my early years, but at that part of the season, and, and a bunch of quarterbacks changed teams. And, um, of course, we weren't very good with the Saints. Uh, we, had an, we had an interim coach, and um, I'm not sure he, he, he liked me that much at that time. I was kind of struggling. And he had actually uh, benched me. He sat me down. We were going over to Atlanta. And my roommate and longtime best friend, Bobby Scott, was an old Tennessee boy, uh, was uh, going to play that game. And I didn't find this out until later. But there was this quarterback thing going on. John Hadel went from the Rams to the Packers. Uh, Norman Sneed, Norman Sneed, the Giants traded him. The Cowboys traded Craig Morton to the Giants. Um, 49ers were involved with, with the trade. So and I found out later, it looked like I might be the guy going to the Packers. But in the game over in Atlanta that summer, Scotty got uh, that Sunday, Scotty got hurt. And uh, so, so they couldn't trade me with Scotty Hurt. Fortunately, came back and played a little better. We didn't win too many games, but played a little better, secured my position for the for the next few years. Anyway, well, you know, you had all that success at Ole Miss, and you came to the Saints, and it was tough. I mean, there were some tough years there. How did you keep your confidence and that drive to keep going when you got beat up so many times? I mean, that happens in sports. I mean, not, not somebody has to lose. I mean, Sissy tells me that all the time when the kids were playing sports, but not everybody's going to win. Yeah, it, 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 it's. It's tough, as you know. You, you, no one gets used. You never get used to losing. You know, and you and you, you never can accept it. Um, I guess you kind of got to adopt a, a philosophy that, hey, uh, we kind of took it on the chin Sunday, but next week um, when we tee it up at, at noon against the the Falcons or Forty Nineers, the score is going to be nothing or nothing, and. Uh, uh, we we got a chance, and that that's kind of the way the way I looked at it. Uh, a lot of times when the season's over, you know, you sit down and address things. People, a lot of times, people advise me that I should try to get out, maybe go somewhere else, or maybe a better franchise or winning program. But I don't know. Yeah, I think when you spend time in a place, and I love playing in New Orleans, close to home, and um, and we change coaches a lot, but, so you always get kind of a sanguine feeling. That this next coach coming in, that's that's going to be the right combination. And um, I think when you go through the the tough times and the losing season somewhere, I kind of want to be around when the when the good times came. And so I I I, yeah, I guess some people call it loyalty. I just um, I just went anywhere else I really uh, wanted to go. I thought I could go maybe where you could do much better. So I just hung yeah. And you made the Pro Bowl a couple times, and uh, that was a, had to be a cool experience playing with the best of the best. You took the boys there. That had to be a pretty cool uh, experience. That was that was that was that was great. Uh, that was fun because, like I said, we had tough years, a lot of losing teams, and actually the first year I made the Pro Bowl, we were seven and nine, but I got a. I, I got the uh, MVP in the, in the national conference. So, yeah, in those days, they didn't pick but two quarterbacks on each team to go to the Pro Bowl. So it was Roger Staubach and myself were the quarterbacks. And now, now Roger is such a, a great Hall of Fame player and became a good friend. He's today one of my good friends. And I think the first year, Bob Greasy, Jerry Bradshaw were the two quarterbacks for the American Conference. The next year, uh, I went back to Pro Bowl. Dan Fouts was one of the quarterbacks. So, uh, my running backs were a couple of Mississippi guys, 
uh, first year I went, Walter Payton and Wilbur Montgomery. That was pretty, that was pretty cool. And, uh, you know, to play with Walter, one of the, one of the all-time great. But other playing with, uh, played under Bud Grant, uh, Hall of Fame coach, Vikings, uh, uh, tremendous coach. As a matter of fact, um, yeah, I guess it kind of served me well. A couple years later, a few years later, I'd been traded to Houston, and we were kind of walling around over there. And Minnesota's quarterback got hurt, and Bud Grant traded for me to come to Minnesota, where I finished finished my career. So, but you're right, playing in Pro Bowl was uh, uh, was a, it's a great great thrill, great memories. Uh, Peyton and Eli, of course, played in a, in a lot more Pro Bowls than me, but they, I, I know they, they cherish their time doing that, too. The best thing about it is getting to know a coach, another coaching staff but getting to know so many other mm-hmm. players uh, that, uh, around the league and great players. Did you have a role model, like a quarterback you really admired? Uh, that you kind of not modeled yourself after, but I mean, Jack Nicholas was... Well, when I was though. growing up, of course, my, I guess my first hero, my dad... Um, was a New York Giants fan because their quarterback, this is when I was really young, their quarterback was from Mississippi, uh, Charlie Conner, mm-hmm. and um, number, 40, number 42. And uh, so I, I, people in New York, when Eli went to the Giants, people kind of found that hard to believe that, that I grew up a Giants fan, but that's why, because my dad liked, liked Charlie Conner. But as I started watching the game, uh, some, some of the guys I liked really, really early on. Fran, I liked Fran Parkinson. Now, uh, it, it drew uh, in high school. I ran a lot. I ran around a lot, and and even at Ole Miss. And that's kind of what Fran was. Fran was one of the original scramblers, and I, I was always a, a big Fran Parkinson fan. Now, I think like everyone in those days, so you liked uh, the best was probably Johnny Unitas, and I was I was no different. Uh, gosh, I can. Remember when I was a young uh, player with the Saints, Johnny Unitas was doing TV work that year, and he did our game, and that was the first time I met him. I mean, I, I, he wanted to visit with me about the game, and I just wanted to ask him about some of those old Colts teams and Lenny Moore and Gino Marchetti and and the, and the great players they had. So, uh, uh, I, and, and even when I went into uh, pro ball, Jim. Uh, some of the older quarterbacks that were so nice to me, uh, I just can, uh, I just can't thank them enough and feel indebted to people like Roman Gabriel and John Brody and Sonny Jurgis and Lenny Dawson, guys. You, the older quarterbacks that you get to know that are so nice to them, uh, being a young quarterback. So I always, uh, always try to be nice to the young quarterbacks. I always emphasize my boys as they got went on through the NFL to uh, take up time and be nice to the young quarterback. Oh, that's so important. That's so cool because I think that's that's one of the things you, you see it. Uh, I was kind of like that when I got on tour. We had a kind of a little brother kind of system where you had a rookie come in and you kind of uh-huh. – I think it's so important for those young people, uh, that, not that they're looking up to you, but you can pass on some knowledge. I mean, you're not giving away any trade secrets. I mean, it's not that big a deal, but just to make them feel comfortable and it makes the world a lot better. But when you look back at the toughest defenses, I think uh, it was the Rams you thought were the toughest defense you faced. Jack Youngblood, there was a cool uh, quote you had. Yeah. Uh, that had to be tough playing against guys like that, and, and knowing that you know they're in the Hall of Fame coming at you and, and everything. That they, they, I think it was the Rams. You, it, it, it was. I, I think when you ask, uh, I think a lot of times you ask players about other teams or other great players. 
a lot of times you'll find them uh, talking about the teams that are in their division mm-hmm. because you play them twice a year. Right. Uh, I probably don't don't name as many AFC players because I, w- I was in AFC most, most of my I was in the NFC most of my mm-hmm. career. But you're right, we played the Rams. We were in the in, in the Western Division of the NFC with Atlanta. Uh, L.A. and San Francisco. I never have figured out why New Orleans and Atlanta was <laughs> yeah. in the Western Division, but but we were, and we played them twice a year. And oh my goodness, when uh, my first game ever was in Old New Orleans Stadium, home game against the L.A. Rams, and uh, they they had a defensive front called the Fearsome Force, mm-hmm. and uh, Deacon Jones and Merlin Olsen oh, gosh. were the, kind of the leaders of that yep. group. And now Jack Youngblood, Jack Youngblood was my age. Uh, I never played against Jack in, in college. He was at Florida. No Miss didn't play Florida. But Jack and I entered the league the same day and retired the same day, 15 years wow. later. But um, he, uh, I, quick quick story on Jack Youngblood, who I played against. So I got traded, so I played against him for 12 years, twice oh, a year. Oh, gosh. 24 <laughs> times. I played against him 24 times. So, uh, after his career was over, our career was over. Uh, they always announce the Hall of Fame the day before the Super Bowl, and then they take the Hall of Famers over to the Pro Bowl uh-huh. the next day. So Peyton was at the Super Bowl, and they announced the Hall of Fame. Jack Youngblood in, in the Hall of Fame, and I told Peyton, I said, Peyton, when you get over, he was in the Pro Bowl. I said, Peyton, when you get over to Hawaii and you run into Youngblood. You tell him he would have never made that Hall of Fame if he didn't get to play against me twice a year. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. That's a cool story. That is so cool. I mean, that's the great thing. You loved what you did. Uh, you played 13, 14 years. Did you have a plan B after you retired from football? Was there a plan B that what you thought you'd do after that? Because you're not going to play forever, and no, nobody plays sports forever. You're not going to play forever. There's something you really – you really need to think. You're fortunate if you get to play a long career. I was in my 15th year when I when I retired, so I got I got to do that. Now, uh, Peyton always had a theory. Uh, some guys, you know, some guys are kind of overboard on their off season and their next career, where they're you know they're selling real estate in the locker mm-hmm. room or something like that. Uh, Peyton always had a theory. You know, you, you better worry about your current job and worry too much about the next one because you, you're going to be there yeah. sooner. You know, but um, I spent some time. I was um, they had a really good Oldsmobile dealership here in New Orleans. A great, great program. They had kind of a dealer development program for minorities, actually. And uh, uh, I was their spokesman. And Oldsmobile is a great product, and they they were very successful. So I went through the dealer development program in the off season. And uh, you go through every aspect of the dealership, a little bit around service, a little bit around F&I, you sell. So I was kind of in that, thinking about one day, you know, when it was over, I might get in the car business to maybe have my own dealership. But when it was over, in order to do that, in their program, I was probably going to have to move. And uh, we didn't we didn't want to leave New Orleans, mm-hmm. so I, I continued. I, I was Jim. I was a spokesman for Royal Oldsmobile for thirty five oh years. Oh my goodness! And never had to buy a car because I always drove drove a, a ninety eight yeah. or eighty. You know, the car not for them. Right. Then all of a sudden, they quit making Oldsmobiles. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought they'd quit making Oldsmobiles. And all my buddies kidding me that I was you know I was almost sixty years old. I had to I had to buy my first car. <laughs> Pay full retail. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's cool. That's a great story. I, I, it's just amazing because, I mean, that's like in golf. I mean, people ask me, you know, well, what's your other job? Uh, well, golf's my job. You know, it's like, you know, no, really, what's your other job? <laughs> well, it, it, it's, it's kind of golf, you know. You work at a club? No, well, no, my dad worked at the club, you know. It's just kind of a. Jim, you, Jim, you know something? This, um, uh, this generation would never understand. When I started playing, I was a rookie with the Saints in 1971, 50, 50 years ago. Um, majority of our players in the offseason, had another job. Mm-hmm. They had an off-season job, and and the popular thing here in New Orleans was uh, oil service company. You know, the right. oil, the oil was the bigger deal in those days. The oil service companies uh, loved to have some Saints players. They were in sales, mm-hmm. so you know they talk about off-season workouts and lifting and running, all those things. Yeah, it wasn't much. One month of that because most guys went to work at eight. You know, went to work at eight or nine in the morning and, and didn't get off to five. And a few would come over and work out after five o'clock, but not much, mm-hmm. not much. So that was uh, that was standard. Uh, you know, like I said, the vast majority of, of players had off-season jobs. Well, when you were playing in the NFL, you got three sons: Cooper, Peyton, and Eli. And you know, moms take the boys or the girls to games and all that stuff. How were you able to balance? playing in the NFL, playing that, and, and, and being with the boys, you know, watching them grow, go to their sporting events and do that. How were you able to balance it? Because I think you did it about as good, you and Olivia, as anybody. I, I, I kind of call it the model, and I've always admired the way you guys have did it. How, how were you able to balance those things? Well, thank you. Well, thank you. If, if anything, you know, anytime anyone pays my boys a compliment about being grounded or something, I always give credit where it's due, and that's to Olivia. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what my mothers do. But I did, um, I, I always wanted to spend time uh, with my boys when I, when mm-hmm. I could. And that was one great thing about football is we didn't, we didn't really go on road trips, you know, baseball, they're, right. they're gone weeks at a time. But so we did, so I, I, and, um, I was home, uh, most nights. So, you know, we could, um, uh, I, I most most of the time, I could have breakfast with the boys before they went off school. Then I'd I'd go to work, and then I, and uh, I could I could bring film home with me and watch it after they went to bed at night. But be around be around my family. Um, so it was really uh, that, that was during my football days. After that, I started traveling a little bit more. You don't like to be gone too mm-hmm. much, and you know how that is on the job stuff. Mm-hmm. But. I, I was offered some opportunity. The boys are getting older now. It looks like they're fairly athletic. It looks like they're going to be playing some high school sports. And I was offered a chance to do some ESPN college football and even a couple other things. And I said, you know, I think I'm going to just pass on that. I, I kind of want to be there. I'm not going to be too involved. I'm not going to holler and scream or coach. And I'm going to get on that top row and, and watch, you know. And um, I've never regretted doing that. And I think in a way they appreciate it. They, uh, my, mine always kind of thank me for being being there. My grand my grandkids do that now. They say thank you for coming. So uh, I'm glad I, I'm glad I made that. Decision. Yeah, I kind of quit playing at 40, and and you know just wanted to be home. Wanted wanted my kids to know who I was. Didn't want them to think I won those trophies on eBay. I wanted them to be part of my life, you know. And I think. You know, I think I think they were young enough. They go, "Where'd you get that trophy, Dad? You won the tour championship, really?" <laughs> you know, and it, it's you know, in that regard, John John Madden always tells the great, greatest story because John was the best. He was the best oh, ever yeah. on TV. He was a great coach, but the best ever. 
on TV, and he tells a story about he's just gone every weekend. And uh, his wife one day said, "John, we got to get little Johnny a, a car." He said, "Get him a car. He's not been he's not been in the fifth grade." He said, "No, he's a junior now." That's that's true. I mean, life goes by fast. You know, you probably don't remember this story, but you were sitting with Sissy and in. Or you were you were talking to her, and you said you saw the lights come on in the little league park, and you said to Olivia, "Hey, let's go get us some hot dogs instead of going to dinner and go watch a game." And she goes, "I don't care if I see another little league game," because uh, she had gone to so many. And it's so true. I mean, it's so true that 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 when you, when you think back with me as going to golf tournaments, my mom taking me, and you know, Dad was there like you, and oh. it's just those special times that you don't they go by so fast and. Uh, we tried my oldest son couple one day we tried to sit down and put a pencil to it just go back to little league baseball basketball and these crummy gyms and they started playing junior high football we, they tried, he tried to put a pencil to maybe how many sporting events my wife Olivia has been to between those three boys and, and, and my games mm-hmm. and so forth and uh, it is it's well into four figures. I oh, guarantee that. you. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And and you know, now that my my kids are done playing the sports, and I'm waiting for my grandsons to do it, it's you miss it. It's a time you're going like, man, this is tough. But then all of a sudden it's gone, and you just miss those times. Uh, but you, it's, it's really been rewarding for us. We have nine grandchildren, but we have the three oldest are teenagers here in New Orleans. Mm. So we're. We kind of ended that that thing now. We've been volleyball, which was new to me. Uh, uh, of course, basketball. We've got two grandsons playing uh, high school football now, and just those those sporting events. Um, and you know, high school sports is still so pure and and good, and uh, it's it's really a joy to be able to uh, go and 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 enjoy that. Yeah, my my father-in-law told me he'd have skipped kids if he'd known how great grandkids were. <laughs> There's a lot of truth to that. <laughs> But, uh, you know, you mentioned the boys, and they went Super Bowls. They were successful. I mean, that had to be, for both of y'all, you and Olivia, some of the proudest moments to see your sons win Super Bowls. And Cooper, you know, get to college, had to quit playing. But to see, uh, from I know from my point, watching my kids, I almost got more out of it watching my kids be successful than my own success. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We And, and of course, I, I love playing pro football, but uh, people – Sometimes people, because we didn't win, you think it was 15 years of misery. It, it really wasn't. I, you know, as a kid, I kind of it's what I wanted to do: either play baseball or pro football, and I got to do it. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad I did. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I never, I never had an intention of. Uh, we, we just tried to raise kids. We, we didn't try to raise college quarterbacks or pro quarterbacks. We just tried to raise kids. They were around sports. They liked it. They worked hard at it. They were fortunate to get the play. But, of course, once they're playing, you know, you, I, I didn't want them to see a little brighter side of the game that, than I did. Mm-hmm. And so I was really I was really glad when Peyton went with the Colts. They weren't very good, but they had a great general manager. Their owner was good. The good Tony Dungy came there. I mean, it, it just made me feel good to know he was in a, a good organization. Same thing with Eli mm-hmm. going to the Giants. Giants have always been known as one of the great organizations. So that, that made me feel good. Um, but I, I was talking to someone last week, kind of a, it was an interview, and he was talking about 
2006 and 2007 in, in, in the life of me and Olivia. In, in 2006 season, the Colts uh, finally won a championship game, went down to Miami and beat the Bears in the Super mm-hmm. Bowl. And uh, Peyton was named most valuable player. And the next fall, the Giants were kind of walling around but got hot at the end of the year and went into playoffs as a wild card team. Uh, advanced uh, through the four degrees in Green Bay in a championship game. Uh, had to play the New England undefeated New England Patriots in the Super Bowl and upset them. And Eli got named uh, MVP. So I was just talking about that. I said, yeah, that's, uh, you know, when that was all said and done, Livy and I some nights would just be sitting home watching TV or reading and just say, here, I said, reach over here and pinch mm. me because I'm not sure what, what's going on in my life here. So and you're, and you're about, to go, through, really you're about to go through it again, maybe with Archie. He's he's a pretty good quarterback. What advice do you have for those kids? I know I, I, I heard you say it, and it was really great for my daughter Kathleen. She's being recruited by a bunch of teams and uh, to play college golf and end up choosing LSU. But you just said, you know, you're there to advise them if they have questions, but you let them make their own decisions. Is that what you would advise some of the parents when they've got kids? Oh, yeah. I, we did that recruiting. We did that with the boys, you know. You know, I, I know you like to. Yeah, I love it. At Ole, at Ole Miss that didn't like Peyton going to Tennessee. Oh, yeah. and, and I caught the flag. But I felt like the kids, boys were mature, and we certainly wanted them to make their own decisions. And Cooper's done a great job with Arch. Arch has gotten a little, you know, the world has, has changed with social media and recruiting has changed and all these things. That, you know, when my boys came along, Peyton and Eli really didn't talk to colleges, hear from colleges until they were juniors in high mm-hmm. school. And now seventh and eighth graders are offered at schools, which is I, I don't quite understand that. But uh, uh, Cooper's doing a good job of uh, just kind of letting Arch. He said, "Let him be a sophomore. Let him be a freshman. Um, uh, you know, all those things will come at a, at a later time." So he's just, I think, playing and trying to get better and having fun with his teammates. And I'm, I'm really proud of Cooper and Ellen the way they. Yeah, because those pressures. I mean, I think of Jack Nicholas's kids and and. Even you, the success you had, the pressures, and now your kids are coming up, grandkids. I mean, that's a lot of pressure on those kids to live up to other people's expectations, not so much their own. And I think Cooper's doing it right because I think you got to just kind of enjoy it. Let them. That's the hard part now because there's so much exposure and ex- expectations. So he's the next so-and-so or he's the next so-and-so. That's a lot of pressure on a kid. Uh, it, it is. And, and I understand sometimes. You've seen it. I understand when some – parents, particularly daddies, mm-hmm. maybe get a little too involved, get a little too excited. I understand it. I understand it. But it's. Um, I, I think it's best to just back off a little bit. Uh, I always tell them sometimes when I – and sometimes other daddies call me for some advice. Uh, I tell them, enjoy the journey. Mm. Enjoy the journey and just kind of let it let it play out. Absolutely. Though you got into golf. When did you start playing golf? When did the boys start playing golf? Well, I got back to Drew, Mississippi. One thing I didn't tell you about Drew, Mississippi, is we didn't have a golf nope. course. And um, this, this is funny. There was a little nine-hole course over at Shelby, Mississippi. Shelby was smaller than Drew, but they had a nine-hole course. And, Jim, there were four men in Drew who played golf. That's four. all. Out of those 2,500 people, there were four men who played golf. I tell you, I, their names aren't important right now. There was a dentist, a farmer. A uh, guy worked at the post office, and the, but they would go to Shelby one or two days a week, 
And I, I don't know what the rest of the people in town thought about them. I think they thought they were a little funny or something. <laughs> you know, what's what's this, Scott? <laughs> and then, and then, I graduated from high school in 1967, and as a, a group of guys over there, Drew decided we need a country club in Drew. Really? So they did a country club, and, and they and they built a, a nine-hole golf course. And I'm telling you, they went. Now my dad didn't join in. He was still running the farm machinery place. But I'd call back from school, and I'd say, you, 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 uh, you're not playing golf yet, are you? He said, no, I'm not going to play golf. He said, I don't think we can even raise a cotton crop around here this year. All the farmers are out there playing golf. I think my father-in-law won the Drew Invitational years ago. I'm pretty sure he did. He always mentions that. I mean, that's the cool part. I mean, golf brings everybody well, together. Well, it, it, it was great. So still, but when I went to old, I never had played. And uh, I played baseball. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I swung from the left side. So I got up to Ole Miss and some buddies in the spring are, are playing golf, but, but I'm playing baseball and I couldn't really do it. But my last year, I started playing a little bit and I started playing left hand. And um, in, uh, then I came to New Orleans, got drafted by the Saints, and I said, okay. And somebody kind of advised me, said, look, you, you, gotta, you need to play mm-hmm. golf. You're going to have the opportunity to go to some wonderful places and do fun things. And I got with a pro. Uh, to take a few lessons, he advised me to switch over to the right side. He said it's really for it's really for right-handers, and and I did, but I still butt left-handed. But uh, I can't tell you how much fun I've in my life had playing golf and the great places um, that I've been able to go and play, the people that I've met, my friends, my my golf group here in New Orleans, playing with my boys, going on golf trips with them. I mean, I just can't tell you what what that. The game is just so great, and there's so many rewards. You mentioned lessons. Chuck Winstead, who's the LSU men's coach, told me he gave you a lesson one day. Yeah. And he mentioned ball. He gave me more than one. (laughs) Yeah. He mentioned one in particular, and he wanted me to ask you about ball position and something about the 30-yard line. Do you remember that? He told you, you said, mine or theirs? (laughs) That was awesome. I was like, that's a good answer. Uh, Chuck, a great guy. What a great coach, yes. too. I mean, great, great, good guy. I'm, I'm a little beat up now, Jim. I've had a lot of spine surgery, and I, I hadn't given it up. But I, I can't play like I used to, and I can't play as much. And I still go out and I hit some balls and maybe play nine holes. My, my, my golf group won't let me quit. They, they won't let me quit. No. So, um, but I, I miss it. I miss I miss the trips with my boys, and I, I miss some of it. But I'm glad I can still uh, play a little bit. I miss going up to see Chuck. He uh, he was great too. Yeah, he is, and he's done a great job there. They've won a national championship. I've got him on the podcast, so uh, it's going to be fun to listen. You you mentioned now Peyton has got onto the national stage in golf uh, in these uh, team matches. I mean, you and I would text back and forth, and he played at Pebble Beach. Uh, that's a big deal for someone, I think, in, like yourself. You know, you were great athletes, and now everybody expects you to play golf like you played football or your sport. But to go out there on the national stage like he did, he's done pretty good with that. But uh, did you advise him on anything when he was getting ready to go play in those big matches? Well, I, I did tell him. You know, I tried to get – because I didn't play growing up, I tried to get my three boys to play golf when they were juniors. Okay. And they, put, they also played a lot of baseball, and they just never – Never got out there enough except one summer. Peyton did. Mm-hmm. He just he just played. He was about thirteen, so he got he got a little foundation, but he hadn't played a lot. But when he finished at Tennessee, I said, Peyton, 
you need to get you a golf game. You're going to get invited to go places and the fun you're going to have. And he worked at it. He worked at it. And his off-season playing pro by his first couple, he worked at it. Um, he was spending a lot of time in Chattanooga and the Honors mm-hmm. Courts was new just then. Great, great place there. Um, and then up in Indianapolis, uh, he, he, he joined yep. Cookie Stick, um, started. And so he, 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 he kind of got him again. You know, he, he got down, he came down from 10 to 8 to about 6. And, you know, when you're six handicapper, you, you can play anywhere with anybody. Absolutely. And, um, uh, he's, uh, he's really, uh, it, it's been fun for him. And then Eli, being in New York, kind of wanted to do the same thing, but the weather, he just didn't get to play as right. much. And so he's never played. So I promise you, since Eli retired last year, actually his last year when he got benched and he didn't have to, you know, apply himself as much, he was playing on his day off on Tuesdays. He was playing on Friday afternoon. Um, after you know, after practice, he got the indoor thing, and uh, I know you saw Eli was with Peyton out there at Pebble mm-hmm. last year, and Eli really improved his game. So they're they're pretty they 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 play about about the same now and uh, go at it pretty good. But they were having a great time, and that's the great thing about golf. I mean, you can play you know football basketball up to a certain point but you play golf as long as you can play you know you can play it up in your 70s and 80s it's a great game and and it's been special to me and uh, i've seen y'all up at old waverly and and hopefully uh we get to see you up there when you come this direction but i appreciate you being on this podcast you've always been gracious with your time and you, you get pulling from so many different directions mississippi louisiana both call you their favorite son but i appreciate you spending some time with us and uh when you get my way uh, and bring the boys up here, we'll maybe get together, play some golf, and uh, have some fun. Well, we'll have to do that. Jim, thanks so much for having me. Uh, thank, thank the world to you and, you and your family, and, and wish you all the best. All right, let's keep in touch. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, pal.